Opinions and ideas expressed in the following Moraine Valley Broadcast Channel recording are those of its creators and do not represent the views of Moraine Valley Community College. Hello, um, this is the Fight for 15 podcast. I am Zach. I'm Melissa. I'm Allison. I'm the, I'm, I'm Sergio. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, so I want to start this off by asking, um, has your guys' position changed on the issue of this um of this topic, like as we started beginning to study this in class, like if you thought that you liked it, if you supported it at first, has it changed to where you declined about it or? No, as a matter of fact, it became even harder or at least it became hardened. I have more respect for the opposing view, meaning the people that are for it. I'm still 100% against it and I think more so now, but however, the people on the opposing side, I have a much more and a better understanding of their viewpoint. Right. Um, you know, when, when we began studying this issue, um, I looked at this topic as, like, this is a way for lazy-ass people to get something out of the government easy without money. Yeah, easy money without putting work in. And, you know, as, as, as I started doing more research on it and reading the examples, you know, I, I kind of found myself being a little bit ignorant about the whole entire situation. You know, um, when I found about, like, Albina Arden or... Rosa Rivera, who have been working at these at McDonald's, these low-wage like companies, fast food places for for over a decade, and they still only make nine to eight dollars an hour. And know, it's like at the beginning of this topic, I think I probably agreed a lot more with uh, Matt Wash when he wrote that article. Even though he was really ignorant, the one where you don't deserve fifteen an hour, you flip burgers. Um, his viewpoint was really personal, and the his story of him just working so hard and. Um, like him having to rise to the occasion, like as oh you see all these other trades that make either close to 15 or just slightly more, but do a lot harder trades and you know do have to do some sort of schooling. I would admit that I felt that way in the beginning, but then after seeing like some of these personal stories, like um, single parents, single parents, or some people born into poverty, like um, Terrence, um, uh, was it Wise? Terrence Wise, where mm-hmm. he was saying how. Um, his mom worked two jobs, and he had like they never owned a home, and they um, never owned a car, and he was working two jobs in high school. So it's like, when you see stories like that, can you really blame someone? Right. You know, for asking for fifteen dollars an hour when you have to support a family. My opinion didn't change. It changed in a way, but I still have sympathy for the single parents out there, like having like, for example, Mr. Weiss having three daughters and his wife is on disability so yeah. she couldn't work and right, right, right. and he worked two jobs from the morning he didn't say he didn't send his daughters off to school to working like right after to another job and not even being yeah not even being able to take good night to his daughters and he never gets to see him so that's my sympathy so i basically right. have sympathy for this whole this whole thing right you know i saw another example of Darrell Odom who was a marine corps veteran in Iraq, and uh, he came home, and he, he has to work at KFC, but he doesn't even make enough to put a roof over his child's head or food on the table. And it's like, you know, he, he's a veteran of our country. He should at least deserve to, to do that for his children. Yeah. You know? And then the argument about, like, oh, they would have to rate, you know, raise the prices in order to pay them that minimum wage of, like, 15 an hour, but then you see, like, in different countries, they're, like, $7, and they're still... Right, like Denmark. Right. They make $20 an hour in Denmark. Exactly. 
So let's understand one thing. The markets can uh, the markets can take it. That's fine. Right. I understand. A lot of the readings here are very empathetic on their part, um, especially the fight for it. Um, quite a bit of data was com uh, completely um, unaware of that, um, that there was that many or that much data that supported that, they could, that the markets can support $15 an hour. And that's absolutely true because let's consider the low weight. Let's consider low skill labor if that's what we consider that to be. Do we agree? Right. Is I flipping agree. burger uh, a low skill weight oh, yeah. labor? Okay. Definitely. Let's just say that. And it's nothing wrong with that because I also do know a person very well. Actually, he's a couple uh, houses down for me. All he does at a construction site is hold a sign. Mm -hmm. I would say a person flipping a burger probably has a little bit more dexterity and a little bit more knowledge. You're talking about food that you're consuming. This guy's just holding a sign. And he yeah. gets like $40 an hour. And he's getting paid $40 an hour. The markets can certainly bear low-skill wages. That's the market. To have the government come in and actually push for it and set an arbitrary line, I have a severe problem with that. And I, can't get, I just can't get my head over that because the right. market is the one that should dictate. If you are worth $8 an hour, $15 an hour, then so be it. Then that's what you're getting paid. I would love to hold a sign and just mm -hmm. stand there. That's it. But it doesn't work that way. Right. If the market's willing to bear it. Those, those are the three parts that this is all about, you know, raising the, the minimum wage of $15 an hour, unionizing, mm -hmm. and getting the government to permanently raise it to $15 an hour. But they can. Artificially setting it up that way is the problem that I have because right. no one's telling that wage that, oh, you just hold a sign. You shouldn't get paid $40 an hour or $30 an hour or $20, whatever they're getting paid. Whatever their wages are, they made a contract with their employer to say, I'm going to get paid this amount of money for this wage. And that and, they, and the employer and agreed to it. it. Yeah. Where is this guy who's 15, two, three generations around? And I said, listen to this girl that came. Who was that one girl that came from Dominican Republic? And she was Albina? a nurse. Albina? Arden? Albina. Yeah. She can't transfer her skills to become a nurse, a nurse yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Or let's talk about the, the the Marine Corps veteran. There are plenty of veterans. I mean, and, and this can transition to the memes about veterans. Veterans are not... I am a veteran. I've been a, I've been a veteran for a very long time. Right. Or excuse me, I've been a, uh, in the service for a very long time, and I've known many veterans that do not take advantage of many of the programs that are available to them. And most of the most of the ones that they do have available to them, they're looking basically. They don't want to. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know who, but I will say that there are many programs for them to allow them to get a job to translate as a, liv a livable wage. Right. And so, you, so on the internet meme that we saw with McDonald's and the Marine Corps, you totally disagreed with all that? Absolutely, right. it's one hundred percent false. I mean, I, actually, saw, I thought some of it was false. I mean, also. they're they're actually kind of funny in a lot of ways. I mean, they make some kind of points. I mean, it's just like comedy. The comedy, you know, when people make comedy, it's to be outrageous and to poke you in the eye about something about a certain truth. Doesn't mean that it's actually absolutely true. Right. But in fact, with when you when you consider the veteran meme, that's actually. It's not only is it so overblown; it's actually very disingenuous right. to those that have died. Mm -hmm. and so, I, I, anything right. anything in reference to veterans uh, issues, I take exception. Right, and like those internet memes, I feel like has that's how they persuade, kind of like persuade the general public into, into showing that these people are less than; they don't deserve this fifteen an hour. But isn't it a, isn't it also interesting? You're flipping a burger, but everything oh, meet your replacement. It's like, well, you're talking about a cashier, not the burger flipper. Which one is it? Right. Are we talking? You know, because the cashier are handling the money, so you're de you're dealing with the restaurant's crown jewels, the way they take their money in. So if they're taking the money in, 
what about the burger flipper? You're still going to need somebody to do that. Right. And this is this is this is something that uh, is a very confusing proposition. And can, when you consider who are they actually talking to, and there's another display. That's another problem. Um, that's when people say, you know, raising the minimum wage will, will that's going to cut jobs out. Like like you said, they still need people to make the food. Yes, it might cut some jobs out. Like the cashiers or... Raising that wage, they won't need those two jobs. Right, you know. Talking about, okay, let's raise it to $15 an hour. So it probably is going to more than likely translate to more hours, more responsibility, and probably more benefits because you're talking about a less concentrated amount of people. Right. Like the Wetzel's Pretzels owner, Mike Jacobs, said when when they increased the minimum wage in California, this is a state issue, the first first, uh, minimum wage increase he received... Or encountered a fifteen bump, fifteen percent bump in sales, and the second increase in, in minimum wage, he received another twelve percent bump in sales. So, like when I look at this issue, at first, I, I kind of outweigh like the the positives and the negatives. The positives definitely outweigh the negatives in this whole entire issue. Yeah. Like yes, if you raise the minimum wage, you might lose some jobs. Some people might not be as driven as they are on left because they're making a good minimum wage. No, I disagree with that. I disagree? I that if you're making more, you'd be more driven. The fact that, you know, if you feel like you're being appreciated and you're actually worth something, it makes you work harder and take pride in your work. At least that's how I feel. Right, I you feel should like take pride in your work. I feel like they're just being handed. They would they'd be, they'd get easy money so they won't have their standards higher than what they are getting at a fast food restaurant. They won't be... They won't be, like, um, determined to get a career because knowing them, they'll probably do their research on, like, a career. They're like, oh, they're getting $15 an hour, so am I. I'm doing an easier job, and I don't have to go to school. So that makes me think, just like, right away, they're not going to be determined to do something better with their life other than flipping burgers. Right, and when I'm talking about that, it's like not everyone's going to think like that, though. So, you know, this would benefit more than it would hurt, in my yeah. opinion, at least. You know, the taxpayers... You know, all this money that taxpayers dish out the, into these programs like CHIP and TAMF, SNAP, EITC, you know, if you raise them in a way so these people can live on it, they wouldn't have to depend on these programs as much. And then that essentially means, you know, the states have more money to put more money into, like, more important more important things like free education, like New York did, for, for example. Yeah. They set the minimum wage to $15 an hour no matter where you work in the city. And yeah. hiring those increases make other people, you know, in poverty land go up. So they might not even qualify for that huge tax break because the less money you make, the more money. No, you no, no they're an income tax credit. The problem with that is, is that they've been es- they've been espousing its repeal from day one. Cradle to grave welfare state. So here we have some a conservative mindset. Oh, well, just go to the taxes because that's essentially what poor people are always going to do. They're always going to go to the government for welfare, and that's like so obscene. It's completely ridiculous that even them would say, oh, you're not going to get any better. Even if we were to give you a $15 raise, you're still going to want to be, um, you're still going to want to suckle off the nipple of government largesse. Yeah, at least some. But do you think as much as they do now? No, but that, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's what the story implies. Yeah, yeah, so how it's being framed. Yeah, yeah. it's being framed, but yet you're, you're, you're completely making the argument against the, against the fight for 15 but your argument is based on continuing the welfare state when your whole publication is based on get the government out of my life. Right. Because if there's one thing that they also espou- that the National Review also talks about is, is that there's no tax that the government has ever repealed. Right. Because even though you may think, 
I'm quite certain when it comes down to it, when it, it comes to taxes, the government very seldom ever cuts the taxes and gives money back to the people. Right. Um, okay, guys, um, I think we covered most, if not all, of these issues. So, no great podcast.